Hi, this is Brennan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Adam Balderstone for another episode of Bedrock and Balderstone, and we're talking about Farscape Season 1. We're going to be discussing Episode 2, IET, and Episode 3, Exodus from Genesis. So these are the you know the second and the third episode of the first season. Um, Again, uh, uh, you know, this is a, you know, this is like a new series for us, but th- we're kind of doing the same thing that we did with Babylon Five. We're just going to go through the whole series, probably two episodes at a time, and occasionally we'll shift to one if it's like a finale or something. And hopefully, we'll, what is it? Four seasons, Adam? Uh, four seasons and a mini series. Okay, yes, and, only two episodes. So. And, it, <laughs> and it's the same sort of situation where in the Adam is sort of my guide because he's seen the show before, sort of like with Babylon Five, and I haven't seen it. And so it's sort of the opposite of how we do with the Wuxia shows, where it tends to be stuff that I've seen and Adam hasn't seen. So it, I'm finding it enjoyable because it's 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 nice to come from a place where I don't I don't really know anything going in. Um, and so I'm sort of picking up as we go. I do have to admit, my, my hearing has been horrible, and I haven't been able to get to the ear doctor because of the holidays. So I missed a lot of details last night watching these episodes. So I might have to ask Adam some questions for clarification. But I think I got the gist of the, of the plot and all that stuff. Um, so IET, episode two. Uh, are we going to do one episode at a time, or do you want to talk about them together what's your preference? oh it's still one at a time for now i think okay unless you have something overarching but uh no no that's fine um and so so basically uh this is kind of, it's basically et right except the main character much. is like et uh the the yeah. title pretty yeah. much encapsulates the 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 story um i i i don't know i i wasn't super enthused by this episode uh-huh uh, uh I'll just just to cut you off real quick. That was that was the reason I wanted to do just the first episode because this one is not a great second episode, yeah. and I didn't want this to be where we ended our first discussion of the show. So, <laughs> I will say this though: between this and the up- upcoming episode, one thing I realized about the show is it's it's got a really big range in terms of what it can do. Because when we first yeah. saw the opening, I was like, oh, this is like Star Wars, and I probably had some other comparison. But now I'm realizing, oh, sometimes it's like Star Trek. And sometimes it's like Walker, Texas Ranger or, you know, one of these shows where there's like a new family every week that the main character is 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 resolving issues with and 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 and, and falling slightly in love with the with the mother. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's that that's the kind of episode that this felt like. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's it's not a very reflective episode of the show for a lot of reasons. It's, it was. Thing is, I actually enjoyed this episode more on a rewatch, mm-hmm. like knowing. But it's like the first time I saw it, I'm like, "Is this what the show is actually like?" Yeah, it's weird. The, and it's a so, bad second episode. That's what it's a bad second yes. episode. Um, yeah, but it's like as someone that knows the characters, and like the second time you're watching it, it's just another episode. Yeah. I was like, "Oh, this is this this is a lot better than I remembered it being because yeah. I know what's coming." <laughs> it, it wasn't horrible. It's just that it's it was basically it, remi- it felt like they took ET and combined it with like one of those shows I was talking about, where like the main character wanders from town to town or something every week and meets a new yeah. family. You know, it just was like that kind of it. It didn't feel science fictiony at all, even though there was this they were doing a lot of interesting things though, because everything was kind of upside down. Like it was like, he is the alien, but he's on this planet. That's kind of like, I don't know. It was like us in 1984 or something. Like it's, it's, yeah, it's, well, it's, 
it, it's a weird thing because you know it's fair it's clever conceptually they're like let's make this planet as much like earth but just slightly different but when you're watching the second episode of a new tv series and trying to get into the setting and show oh he's in a different part of the universe it just feels if you know out of context it feels like they're just wow this show is really cheap and they're just yeah. using an old farmhouse and <laughs> well and it felt like a, and, and, and that and budget certainly might have been a consideration i don't know but it felt like a small southern town or something do you know what i mean like that was sort of the the the, the sense yeah. you got even though the military was involved like the military the head of the military felt like you know roscoe from the dukes of hazard or something you know he <laughs> didn't feel like the head of the military to me um and it felt like a like a homestead uh but yeah. i have to say once i got over my initial like blah like my, my initial reaction was like was that it was just like oh this is sort of sour tasting for an episode once i got over that i i started enjoying it as he and linnea got more chemistry and, I agree. Yeah. That does work. Yeah. yeah. In fact, I my thought my when when he first met her, for some reason I I was like you know like when she starts helping him, I was like if I were him I would fall in love with that woman. That's like the that's like the direction <laughs> things would go for me. And I'm like, but they're not going to do that with him because I know he's like in love with um Sun or whatever her name is. Um, but by the end of the episode, he clearly was having some kind of romantic intentions towards her or something. It was yeah. you know uh. And I found her very charming. I thought I thought the the last scene when he kissed her, uh-huh. some, I mean it was it was weird. It was very weird, like you know what she did. But it was, but the actress did a very good job of making that very charming and and kind of innocent in a way. Even though yeah. there was something a little bit lascivious about it. Um, <laughs> so so I thought that there were there were good aspects to this episode. It just was. It, it, it's definitely not good as good as episode three. Uh, episode three is no. a much stronger episode. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, you know, talking about, uh, you know, the the uh, the mother. It's, it's, it's Linnea. That's her name. Yes. The. Uh, I, I really like her line too, where she just where there, where she just realizes, you know, just ask him. You, you didn't you know well, this to set it up for people who don't remember the episode well you know he he kind of goes up with a story we chose you you know like we we came to you because we knew you'd be someone who'd yeah. understand to try and win her over and then like part way through the episode she just looks at it, she's like you didn't really choose me did you yeah. I, I just i just like the way that line worked. like they didn't do it for drama like she realized he was deceiving her just like yeah, she just like realizes, ah, oh, you know, it was just a thing. It was just that 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 really struck me as funny. And and I like the makeup that they used for the people because they were definitely different enough, but it wasn't. It, they were almost human. It was almost. Yeah, human. it was like it was like like the, their jaw was a little bit different somehow. Um, you know, yeah, it seemed more pronounced on the kid too. Like on the kid, he looked kind of weird. But the the mother and the and the the military inspector or whatever he was, they. They they looked they looked pretty human to me. Um, yeah, maybe maybe they were all roughly the same size prosthetics. They were kind of sticking on their yeah. jowls. So on the kid, it's like, whoa, what's going on here? Yeah. And maybe, but, maybe uh, kids from that planet just have, like they have to grow into their jowls. You know, I don't. Yeah, know. it's like our little kids have bigger ears. Yeah, yeah that's. Uh... <laughs> uh, but uh, but but yeah. So you know, again, it was it, like the first half of the episode. I was kind of shaking my head, like, what is this? And then yeah. midway through, I, I got into it once I settled and I was content to just deal with the human relationships that they were presenting. Um, yeah. My hearing yeah, think... prevented me from understanding some of the plot developments going on between um, Dargo and Soon. They seem to be having some kind of 
interaction and I think I might have missed something, but I'm not sure. Yeah, well, I mean they're they're pretty much jabbing at each other. I okay. mean it's 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 kinda I, I kinda I, I do like the character interactions in this episode, definitely. I mean it's it's kind of setting up that the, you know, it, it kind of pairs them off in this to be working together because they're both the they're both the warrior type characters to an extent. And it's okay. like but they're it's kinda I think I think it does a, a, a good job of setting up how they're they're very different types. Okay. <laughs> of, yeah, of it, it was very it was very frustrating because for a while I was like, oh wait, did they just start to flirt or something? Like, was there is there going to be like a love triangle between him and um, and Crichton with her? And uh, but then I realized no, something else was going on. And so what was frustrating yeah. was no matter how I, I my, my the the speaker I use is a Bose, and those tend to have like a very deep deep sort of bass. And so no matter how much I turned it up, the I still couldn't, like, I could tell there was sound, but I couldn't hear everything that certain characters were saying in that episode. Um, mm. I didn't have as much of a problem in the second episode, though. So the, you know, it, you know, it, 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 I was able to follow that more closely. Um, yeah. So yeah, so that so that was uh, what was that was I E T. Um, well, there's actually another thread we've got to discuss before we move on too, which is of course there's the. There's the whole the whole reason they're on the planet is because Moya has this tracker and back on the ship they're trying to get this tracker off and they need the uh, basically a painkiller for their ship. Oh yep yep. And so you know and and they need uh, they need Rigel to go in there and Rigel is is uncomfortable about doing it because being this this royal figure he he just doesn't do things yep. it's like the idea and and so he i mean he's 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 offended at the idea deep down he's kind of kind of afraid of screwing it up and killing the ship and uh and i i like this plot line because this this is a distinctly very farscape plot line from the standpoint that it's like we you know we learn in the first episode that the ship is alive and it's this living thing but this is like where it really kind of brings it home that yeah. you know you you see you get get more of a sense of what that means yeah. that the ship is alive and, and, and they continue with that into the next episode too i think it's also interesting yeah. that in this episode the ship is in peril and the next episode sun is in peril and so like the threat going on is kind of harming one of the characters in each of the two episodes, uh, you know, after the first. Um, I, I found that kind of interesting. Um, yeah. So you can use that as a segue into the next episode, I guess, unless you got more. No, I'm, I'm all set on that. I mean, that, again, that was said that, that episode, it was kind of a middling episode <laughs> for me, you know? Um, yeah. No, I had the exact same reaction the first time down to liking it a little more as it went on, but still yeah. being like, well, this isn't what I signed on to this show for exactly. But, yeah. Yeah. yeah no, it, well, it also felt much more dated because it was rooted in real, like a real world earth uh, setting. So it just yeah. felt like more of its time as well. Whereas when they're on the well, ship, you're not as, you know, you're, you're not noticing quite as many things that stand out as being like from the late nineties or, you know, yeah, well, was, I mean, the thing is, I think it was deliberately dated because it's even trying to be something older, like kind of an 80s type yeah. movie, which, which, see, so the thing that's funny about it is everything, everything that, that, that makes it feel off is something they clearly did on purpose. And, you know, cause even having it be the second episode, it's, it's even more ironic putting Crichton in that situation yeah. when he has literally 
just left Earth in the previous episode. That that's as green as he is ever going to be on being a spacefarer. So yeah. I think that's probably what they're thinking in making it the second episode. Mm-hmm. But I think they still could have got away with sticking it somewhere in the middle of the season and it would have landed better. But yeah, I probably would have reacted differently if I if it, if I encountered it later on. Um, mm-hmm. And the next episode, they what are they? They're trying to evade the. Um, uh, peacekeepers. Peacekeepers. What, what's their race? Are they Sebations? Is that their name? Yes, Sebations so, is the race. And yes. so the reason I mention this because we learned something very important about the Sebations this episode. They're cold-blooded, right? And so they get heat delirium when it gets yeah. too hot. Um, and that becomes a major plot point. But they go into a cluster, and it turns out that this isn't a cluster. It's like some kind of race spawning in deep space. But it needs heat in order to... In order to, to, uh, to hatch the young. And so they, they invade the ship and they settle uh, and, and clog the vents to, to increase the heat. And this then imperils Sun. Uh, I thought this, again, we, we can get into the plot details, but I thought this was a very interesting episode. This was, yeah. this was, this was probably the most Star Trek the show has gotten so far, I would say. Um, where right down to, ooh, what's that mysterious thing in space? To, <laughs> yeah, to the anomaly. Oh, yeah, yeah, to, to <laughs> oh, now we need to talk to the mysterious thing in space. And it really doesn't mean us any harm. You know, it, it's, it just was like a, a... It was a really well-crafted episode, I thought. It, and, and it drew on very familiar well, source material. Like, there was definitely the thing in, in my yeah. head when I was watching it. There were, you know, other other similar type of... of um, uh, of movies and shows like Alien because of the way that the the bugs looked when they were in their natural state, um, and but but they they wove it all together very well and yeah and it produced something I, totally new I thought it, yeah and I, I like I like the way at the beginning of the episode like you said they're watching the weird space cloud and the reason but the reason they're by the space cloud is because they're hiding from the peacekeepers which which you then forget about all the bug stuff happens. You kind of forget that Marauder ship is out there and then it pops up, you know, near the end of the episode, which you, after you, I mean, at least for me, I, I wasn't even thinking about it anymore. And I, I you know, and it becomes another development yeah. after it looks like everything's wrapped up. So yeah, I, this, this is, I mean, this is just a good solid Farscape episode. This is a little more like what what a, a typical Farscape episode is like, okay. I would say. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I, right, and I, and I found all the information that they were feeding me over the course of the episode intriguing. So, you know, it was it was it was good as in terms of world building as well. I think the. Uh, uh, when we got around the 35 minute mark, whatever, wherever it was when he was speaking with the queen. Yeah, I, I looked at the time and I was like, well, how are they going to get another 15 or 20 minutes out of this? <laughs> yes. And and I was and I was thinking to myself, well, they're just going to do something random. But because they brought the peacekeepers in and they had mentioned, you know, hey, if we do this, we're, our defenses will be down. And, yeah. you know, it made total sense. And so I thought I thought it worked. I also liked when the peacekeepers got on board. I feel like a lot of shows will they would have something like the heat delirium with the um, uh, the Sun character and then forget to apply it to the other peacekeepers once they board the ship. You know what I mean, <laughs> they would just hand wave it or it would it, it became an important part of the episode. And 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 I also I just liked that that detail was never forgotten. And and I and I'm noticing, you know, again, it's only two episodes in. So maybe they aren't as good at keeping track of things 30 episodes in. But they seem to be pretty good at paying attention to the details that they've brought up in the past and then remembering them 
they don't they don't just evaporate into the ether. So they yeah. they they mention the um uh the 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 bacteria they injected into him for the the translation. Do you know what I mean? That that comes up again. Um a lot of shows that might have come up once and then never be mentioned again. So, uh-huh. uh, so I feel like they're in these three episodes at least attentive to the details that that are emerging over the course of the show. Um, and uh, and yeah, I'm trying to think of what else. I also liked the uh, I, I I liked I, I liked the little thread with Crichton trying to impress the two warriors on the ship and yeah. And I, and and and, the, and and it's kind of amusing that, on the one hand, he succeeds with that, but it's also the thing that triggers the conflict with the with with the the bug creatures. So yeah, yeah, he's the one that, that it starts starts the uh, the uh, whole conflict just by smashing smashing this random bug. But yeah, I, I like the initial scene with him in the room with the bugs. You know, just the, the staging of him jumping up on the furniture and kind of backing into the wall, and that one being in the corner. It's like, whoa, that's uh, that. It's a really well directed episode. Yeah, Brian Henson actually, Jim Henson's son directed this episode. And, that, uh, that's actually another thing I did want to talk about. I really like the Jim Jim Henson style of the show. I yeah, I feel like um, the the the. Again, I grew up in the early 80s, so we had a lot of things like The Dark Crystal, The Neverending Story, all these movies and shows that had this style of special effects. And and I don't like CG all that much. I, I like I don't watch superhero movies mainly because I dislike CG and superhero movies are all CG. Mm-hmm. It's also why I've been reluctant to see Guardians of the Galaxy 2 as much as I like the first one. I just have trouble connecting emotionally with CG characters. Even Gollum from Lord of the Rings, I didn't, I didn't really connect to all that strongly in the in the in the in the movie version. Oh, okay. um, yeah, and Rigel, for all his, you know, I mean, he's he's the character is limited because it is like a puppet or an animatronic type situation. At least he's there with the actors. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's something solid in the room. It it feels like, and and I feel yeah. more emotionally connected to Rigel than I would if he was just a CG character. Um, and so, so just for that alone is, is something that I think the show is, uh, especially if you're more accustomed to recent television programming, it's, 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 it's an interesting show to go and check out for just for that. Yeah. The effects on this, cause th- this is a really effect heavy episode too. I mean, you've got the bugs going on, you've got, you know, the, you've also got just all these shots where there's these copies of the main characters interacting with yep. each other too, which is not an easy thing. I mean, you have the, the scene where Crichton rips the arm off of Aaron as the other Aaron walks up behind him and stuff. It's like this, this, you know, it's like after the second episode, you're like, wow, is this really going to turn out just to be a super cheap show? And then you get into this episode, you're like, oh no, they're, no. they're, they're going to do some impressive stuff here. No. And they do use CG, but they use it wisely. They don't use it for characterization as much. They use it more for like atmosphere and, space stuff and you know laser beams that sort of thing and yeah and, and they and they allow the care the 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 puppetry to do a lot of the heavy lifting for characters it seems though maybe maybe i'm being deceived perhaps they're using cg and i don't realize it in certain places they do use cg in places i mean yeah it's a mix of cg and puppetry sometimes with rigel for example sometimes okay. they have to 
you know, I, I think uh, that, you know, they have at least cover their, their wires and stuff yeah. with, uh, <laughs> with CG. But that's all but, fair game. But what I'm talking oh, sure. about is the facial expressions and just the, the facial, fact that he yeah. that he feels solid. He feels like a real thing. You know, like I would yeah. take I would take the Yoda from the original Star Wars over any CG Yoda. Do you know what I mean? I just feel that it's it's more grounded in reality, even though you can tell you can see the effect, but it's a real thing. Um, it's a real thing. Yeah. And it, yeah. I mean, one of the acting notes they gave to the, the, the actors in this was, you know, interact with the puppets, touch the puppets like, you know, you know, you know, like just basically the fact they're you know, cause that's something you can't easily do with CG to take advantage of it. It's like, you know, they, they interact on a physical level with the, with both pilot and Rigel. And actually that's, that's the other thing we've been talking about Rigel, but this is the first episode where we, we, we have another character in pilot's space with him yeah. in his room. We have Aaron goes down there to, uh, you know, to talk to a pilot while she's in her delirium state for a while. And they're interacting. And that this is where, you know, we in the first episode, the second episode, I think you just see pilot on the screen. That's that's pretty much the only way you see him. And it's like at least you get to see how big he is he's this yeah. you know he's this very large creature not a not a guy in a suit or something i, I like pilot pilot's a fun not fun character but he's a, he's, a, he's an interesting sort of very serious minded character that uh that i think is uh yeah in, in that scene in particular i thought i thought that scene worked between them um and 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 i'm i'm really starting to to develop an interest in all of the characters now too i think i think they have a very well-structured group at this point um for a while mm-hmm. rigel wasn't quite clicking with me as much as some of the other characters i think for some reason but now he is um now that yeah. i know more about him and i know sort of like uh you know uh i i i feel like they've they've in, they've imbued him with a little bit more longing um so he's kind of he's <laughs> almost like the londo character of the show do you know what i mean like like at least at this point he feels a little bit like yeah Wally. Yeah, no, I, I can, I can listen there, definitely. Yeah, there's the, now, now you talk about it, like I can see a number of things that I could say would, uh, would work for both. But, um, but yeah, it, no, they're, uh, it, it's, 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 I mean, yeah, it's, it, a, a great thing is the characters all have, mainly have inter- multiple interactions with other characters that could be interesting in a different episode. You know, yeah. it's like whoever they pair up, you get a different, a whole different thing. I mean, having an episode with where John and uh, where John and uh, and and Dargo are working together is very different than one where where John and, and Aaron are working together, for example. Yeah, no, it's uh, I, I I think I think it's a solid group. Um, and 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 again, a lot a lot a, a lot of shows will have two or three really strong characters and then two characters you just don't care about. And then when you get to the episodes, we're like, ah, oh, we're going to focus on the two characters you don't care about. Um, you know, you get yeah. really bored. I don't think that's going to happen here. I think I'm going to like all of the pairings provided the writing is good. Um, so, yeah, know, the got... writing I would say is, is, is very solid on this show. Yeah. I mean, I, I think even, even the, the, episodes that are there's there's a couple of episodes the hardest episodes but even even the the absolute worst episodes no, really aren't that bad you know it's it's no. like you know like like iet a lot of on iet and it's like well 
it's it's by no means a great Farscape episode, but it's it's fine. <laughs> yeah, no, no, because when they were shifting from character to character, I never got bored by it, and I felt like like Sun is interesting. Uh, um, what's the Zahn is very interesting to me. Uh, Dargo is interesting. Rigel is interesting. Actually, the, probably the weakest character is Crichton up to this point for me. Um, but but he's kind of meant yeah. to be vanilla, anyways, because he's, he's got a lot, a lot coming. Well, he's all, but also he's like the human, so he's kind of like he maybe shouldn't be quite as uh, interesting as some of the other characters around him. Do you know what I'm saying? Because um, I'm sort of yeah. supposed to. Be oh yeah, yeah, that. I do. Oh, but there is one thing I want to say. Yeah. One thing that drove me nuts about that second episode: the twitching. The twitching was driving me crazy when he was doing the eye twitch because he was the the vessel. For, that was just driving. I was like, I cannot watch this episode if the guy is twitching the whole time. It'll it'll drive me crazy. Um, they at least at yeah, least yeah, at least DJ, the sound yeah. was removed. At least okay. they got rid of that sound. That would have driven me even more crazy. Uh, I know that they're really they're really kind of taunting you by just having that be the first thing when the episode starts. The episode just starts with the blaring blaring uh beacon siren going and, and uh yeah well, i mean I, I i like aaron being really angry at him for twitching too it's like don't don't do that at me you know and it's uh that that kind of turns it from being purely annoying into somewhat funny but uh yeah once he gets off the ship it's not a thing that happens anymore fortunately but uh <laughs> but yeah now the uh i know what you're saying about Crichton though that's uh he 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 is the uh, most generic character so far, but I feel I feel that's something that's going to be uh, be addressed over the course of the season. So and, it's uh, not it's not by any means a flaw in the show. And uh, and I also li- I like the moment between Zahn and Rigel. I thought that was good. The uh, the painting scene. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I, I and 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 also I, again, I guess she's kind of. Um, She's sort of the empathetic character in the show, but we're still mm-hmm. at a point in the story where I still don't quite know who I can truly trust because we're early enough that, you know, I'm still wondering, <laughs> you know, who has secret motivations for what. So even with her, I'm still, you know, I'm still a little bit cautious. But uh, but they do seem to be coming more of a uh, more of a cohesive group by by this episode for sure. Um, and, uh, and, yeah. and, you know, but again you know we'll see i don't i don't want to i don't want to say that and then like find out next episode one of them is like secretly working for uh for the peacekeepers or something you know uh, yeah exactly no i uh, feel like if that's happening it's going to be pilot or somebody that we just wouldn't expect do you know what i mean <laughs> like, like somebody that's so uh because because there was something odd they, they did say that the beacon that was put in there was hastily assembled do you remember that the and so yeah. that had me wondering, well, who put it in there? So, like, why why would it have been hastily assembled? And so I could easily picture a character like Rigel doing that. Do you know what I mean? Because he's small. But um, but also there are bots on the ship. And the bots could have done it at the at the command of the pilot. Or, I don't know, maybe there's some other reason that they that they were hastily assembled. But somebody put that beacon in there. And and I feel like that's going to become relevant down the road. But I... But, but I don't know. Maybe this isn't quite. Maybe I'm thinking in Babylon Five terms, and I shouldn't be. Um. I will say, I, I, you're you're partly think there there's something in there's a kernel somewhere in what you're saying that will uh, be relevant in the future. So okay. All right. Well, we will. Uh... You're not. You're not being purely purely uh, paranoid. Okay. All right. Well, that's fair. 
Um, and I, and, and Adam, Adam has mercifully dropped his usual poker face when I make these kind of bold predictions with these shows. Well, so. it's, it's, yeah, I think it's, it's not quite what you think either, but they're, they're, you're, you're thinking about things that matter. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll have to, I'll have to contemplate this further. Um, hopefully, hopefully it pays dividends in the near future. Um, but, uh. But yeah, so I, don't, I, I again, I think the second episode was a bit of a dud, but it, it wasn't a total loss. It was, it was, it, it, I don't know, it was, it had, his heart was in the right place. Like they were trying to do stuff that was kind of admirable in terms of, you know, what Wait, they Which wanted. episode are we talking the about The second now? one. The, 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 the second one. I.E.T. Yeah. Uh, it just, it just, something about it just kind of didn't work for me, uh, but it had redeeming components. And the third episode, I really enjoyed. Um, you know, yeah. I, I, I uh, and 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 again, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it sounds like maybe the show more consistently feels like episode three, but I do think this is a series that looks like it could cover a lot of different styles if it wants to, um, which is which is good, I think. Um, so, so yeah, so I think I think we'll uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll we'll leave it there unless there's anything you want to add to the conversation, Adam. Um, and so, yeah, so we will, we will end the episode here. We'll be back on next week and we'll, uh, we'll be on Sunday for our continuation of the Zhao Zhilong, uh, series that we're covering. Also, I have resumed reading that book. And so I have some comments to sort of flesh out what I was saying last time on the show. And until then, we will talk to you later. <laughs>